Yo, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Yo, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two mama's boys, talk about movies, TV, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Press Play AR. That's Press Play AR on Instagram. In episode 35, we'll discuss some good news on film productions, Scream 5, and we rewatched X-Men First Class. Riz will let you know about the DVDs and music that are available this week, and we'll play Six Degrees of Separation and stay tuned to the end for our fact of the week. But first, quick news. So there has been a beacon of hope and light in the movie industry uh thankfully new zealand is the first country that has zero cases of coronavirus for a long time uh new cases or or death at all and it's one of the countries that the world is actually praising on how well it's handled the coronavirus amazing uh and because of it Uh, The New Zealand Film Commission has confirmed that TV and film productions to go ahead and and continue where they left off local TV and local uh, movie production. Such as uh, the the Lord of the Rings series is is filmed in in New Zealand, the upcoming Lord of the Rings series, right? Correct. Yes. All right. So, you know. Obviously, um, people aren't going to be rushing to New Zealand to, Zealand to, fil- to film stuff because they'll probably have to sit in quarantine for a couple of weeks before they can do anything. Yeah, and but go ahead. Anything that's already being filmed there or the actors are already there or, you know, everything uh, can go forward, which is fantastic. We'll all just be seeing a lot of stuff, you know, based in New Zealand or that mountainy uh area lord of the rings uh um um wasn't uh game of thrones film there as well no okay no it wasn't (laughs) it was not but you know uh so uh, that's awesome you know we'll be seeing a lot of stuff in 2021 yeah also avatar uh is being filmed there it's being filmed back to back um like three right Three, yeah. four, or two, three, and four. Two, three, and four is being uh, filmed back to back. They are not currently in New Zealand, but they are working on an offsite uh, somewhere in California. But I'm sure they have people in New Zealand working on uh, production costumes or sets or things like that. So that is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, they probably film the interior. Uh, scenes in in uh, California and then go out and do the exterior shots in uh, in New Zealand. I honestly thought the the whole thing, the at least the first one, was all excuse me blue screen. So it's cool that they they go on location. I'm sure they add floating islands and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's in in California too. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, they are also uh, New Zealand is taking drastic measures into keeping the the little amazing country slash island healthy so anybody zero cases yeah and to you know make sure that everyone you know follows rules stay in quarantine get doctor checkups um and talking about things that are continuing back to quote unquote normalcy um well we'll talk about that later on uh anyways 
Um, but yeah, so hopefully this is a positive light and uh, more countries should uh, study how New Zealand did in, in their coronavirus and, and see if they can we can flatten the curve as quickly as possible. Awesome. So uh, I need to ask you a question. Go ahead. What the hell is happening with New Mutants movie on Video On Demand? I have no idea. When I saw that, well, you were the one who first saw it, I think, and you mentioned it to me. No, no, no you sent it to me. I sent it to you, so correct. It, it was out of nowhere for pre-order on Video On Demand on Amazon Prime. And we're like, shouldn't there have been an announcement that it's going straight to Video On Demand or... Or something, you know, let us know. Commercial, marketing. Did, did they have a date or it was just a random pre-order? Nothing, nothing. You have a theory, which I I th- agree with. So when, like, a lot of... Okay, so when something is, like, has a set release date for a while, this usually happens with CDs. Like, uh, Tracy Bonham had her 2005 album, Blink the Brightest. I believe it was originally set to be released in March of 2005. Mm-hmm. And a few months before, they pushed it back. But they didn't, I guess, the the music sharing sites, or not music sharing sites, but the music, uh, digital music, they weren't informed. So on the original release date, it was released digitally. Um and it wasn't supposed to be. So I, 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 remember, I remember rushing, buying it digitally. Because back then I didn't buy anything digitally. I, I still don't today. I buy it on CD. And, and downloading it really fast. And then they realized the mistake and they took it down. And this, I think, happened with uh, Dark as well. The Science, science Agrees. That happened as well. Um, so I think that maybe it was scheduled to... To come on video demand. Purposely to come out on yeah. that specific date. Or not on that specific date, but uh, um, for pre-order on The that availability date, to pre-order. Which yeah. would have been three months after the uh, the, the the movie was release. released. So when they realized it, they took it down. Yeah. So we kind of got excited that we were finally going to see it again. Honestly, well, I didn't get that excited. I, I, at that point, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll watch it on, on TV. <laughs> and luckily, we got a 4K. Um, we we would have paid $20 for that. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were going to own it. So, yeah, because I wasn't going to pay $20 to watch I think it's movie. just rental. $20 for rental. <laughs> Sick. Anyways. I would. I would. Uh, it's like a- $10 per movie ticket. So we would have paid a little extra. They took it down and people actually pre-ordered the... The yeah. New Mutants movie, and they got an email from Amazon saying, you know, sorry, that was not meant to happen. Well, uh, one day, again, we will see this movie, maybe 2021, 2022. Uh, I honestly, the way things are going, I I honestly think they're going to start to reopen stuff, and then, you know, cases are going to spike again, and everything's going to shut down again. Well, uh, according to like how timelines going, the theaters won't be open until end of May, uh, mid July. I'm uh, still thinking August, the earliest. Um, but whatever. Uh, hopefully, they'll get it back on the schedule, and maybe you know, New Mutants can take the place of uh, of Venom, which was pushed back. Uh, well, they aren't the same studio, are they? No. No. Uh, well, in my mind, maybe it'll just... In my mind, it'll take the place of, of the other. Yeah. All right. 
So cool. On. So the next news, something you're very interested and we've talked about several times in our podcast is the Scream franchise. Uh, thanks to the amazing mind of the late great Wes Craven and the amazing mind of uh, writer screen uh, screenwriter uh, Kevin Williamson, uh, who wrote the first two and then i believe the this the third one was like based off a draft he didn't have enough time because he was uh doing dawson's creek and then the 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 fourth one was he wrote but they they had to go in with uh a script writer because he was doing vampire diaries at the time and he Mm. couldn't go back and make make changes needed that the studio was requesting um so but he won't be involved in this and obviously, Wes Craven won't be involved in Scream 5 as well because he passed away. Yeah, I did read that Williamson is set to executive produce yeah. okay. the, the but, fifth film. But not in a creative way. Like, he won't be writing. Oh, I no. I don't think so. So, the big news there is Nev Campbell confirmed that, that she, before the pandemic, she they started talks to get her to return as Sidney Campbell. Uh... I pretty much had a feeling that they were going to try and get the three, the three stars back: Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox. Uh, and if they couldn't, they would just do a, a full reboot. Yeah. Um, but I imagine that they will back up a truck of money. You know. Yeah, and the actors, according to the articles that I've read on all three of them, they seem very gung ho to return. Well, Nev Campbell said that she wasn't. She wasn't at first because she felt that Wes Craven did did all all four of them and Mm -hmm. she needed to be convinced. So she actually sat down and talked to the writers who were the writers of uh, what was the name of that movie? The writer one, Uh, the one where they're all in the house and it's a game cabin in the woods. Uh, We. We reviewed it on here with oh, the girl that looks like uh, um, Andy re- McDowell's in it. Ready or not? Ready or not. The writer, writers and directors of Ready or Not are doing Scream 5. Um, so she sat down and talked with them, and they said they very much want to keep it in, in the spirit of the original quadrilogy and, and in honor of Wes Craven. And they convinced her, and... She said that they were in, they were in heavy talks for her to return, and everything has been stalled because of of the coronavirus. So, just to make it clear, she's confirmed for Screen Five. No, not yet. But oh. she she's, she confirmed that she is in talks. Is in talks. Right. And David Arquette, they, he was asked a qu- the same question recently, and he said he is not currently in talks, but he would love to do it. And I think that. I think that if they can't get Nev Campbell, they're just going to reboot it and not bother to have the other two come back. So once Nev Campbell is is locked in, they're going to start conversations with David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Or it could all be a ruse and they can still be in the movie. And he's lying. No, I, I think he would tell the truth. He's always been gung-ho and... and... Here's a question that I want to ask you. Uh, it's going to talk dive into the coronavirus and us uh segment uh we are cleaning out the the guest room of our house and it's going really really well and i ran into a vhs tape of scream but it didn't have the drew barrymore uh cover now because 
the reason why I asked, and now that it's funny because you mentioned it, because it could be, like I said, it could be a ruse that David Arquette can lie with the same as the same ruse that they, you know, did on the audience with Drew Barrymore. That she was going to be the star and then she died in the first. Correct. So. So, like, David Arquette won't be in it, but then there's a surprise and he dies in the first five minutes. Is that what you're saying? Or he becomes the screen killer. He, Well, I, I think at this point it's impossible to... He could be, like, psychologically to, like, scarred. To keep, like, casting secret. Like, it's impossible. Even even um, before we just we were just watching the second Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. And I remember before the first one they announced that... Uh, Johnny Depp would be playing Grindelwald. Yeah. And, you know, for the second film, and we're like, the second film isn't even going to start filming. This is before the first one came out. Yeah. The second film isn't going to start filming for like two years. Mm-hmm. Why are they announcing this casting now? And the big surprise in the first film was that he shows up. Johnny Depp shows up at the, at the very end as like a big surprise. Then I'm like, I get it now. So it's almost impossible. So they even had to like, to announce that, you know what I mean? To keep rumors of him playing Grindelwald, because it was going to come out that he was playing Grindelwald once they saw the film. Understood. I guess. So it's impossible to keep casting under wraps. So they will announce him and they'll announce Courtney Cox, uh, I'm sure, once Nev Campbell, because she seems gung ho. I hope they, they truly do honor the originals, uh, at least the first two. I feel like they. They went way, way out of the league. I love Scream 3, but it was, like, compared to the first two. Oh, the first two were amazing. A little nutty. And I nutty. keep saying that a Scream 2 is a film on its own. It's fantastic. And, you know, and I love Scream, Scream 4 even more than Scream 3. But, again, it it lost something. It, it they, they, I said this in the past. They, they, they stopped taking chances. They, they, um, they went too much with their own formula and the scream the first two scream movies were about breaking that horror formula so they need to create scream but also go back and break their own formula Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense because i love the series but you know i don't want to watch the same thing over and over and over again i hope that you know if they decide to kill sydney off um that they they wait until you know the sixth one because i would like a, a a full you know, second trilogy with her. Yeah. Uh, but in that case, the other, one of the other two will, will hopefully, well, hope, in my mind, I hope they want to, they take the chance to kill them off because they can't all three be safe and all the new people die every time. Yeah. It becomes redundant. So back to my question was why in that VHS tape was, uh, Courtney Cox on the cover. Yeah. Courtney Cox. Uh, well, they with were two inch bangs. That no, that her I, two, I, no. <laughs> that wasn't until Scream Three. Uh, they released a special edition covers for the VHS. So there was one with uh, Drew Barrymore holding a phone. There was one with, with uh, Courtney Cox holding a phone, and one with. Um, I think Neff that was Campbell. like a big shocker for a '90s movie is to have Drew Barrymore to just be killed in the first twenty minutes of the film. And her being plastered in all the posters, and and honestly, for the that's that's one of the reasons why it 
was able to elongate itself. Like it's not very often, or even back then, it's not very often that you have a movie that, um, after their opening movie builds up even more after their opening yeah. week. Uh, and it was because people didn't know what they were going to see. And they're like, Oh my gosh, go see this movie, go see this movie. Cause they didn't know that Drew Barrymore was going to die. And then it's just twisty as hell. And the ending is crazy. I like how in Scream 1 and in Scream 2, you can also uh, see how Wes Craven or the writer Williamson, Williamson uh, balanced the whole scary seriousness with a dash of humor. Yeah. You can tell that he he's pushing an envelope of like almost like campy. Yeah. Campy shit like that. So I think that's the the secret ingredient of a good screen movie perhaps um if you want to add anything or or disagree with me no no i agree uh, and and I'm, oh. I'm sorry and that's the issue that happened with scream 3 and probably another issue for scream 5 is is that good balance of those ingredients to not push it yeah well again scream 3 is is a is a fun movie to watch i i enjoyed it but it doesn't compare to the first two. And, you know... As, as soon... And I hate to be one of those people that crosses their their arms and is like, I don't want anything new. But, like, the whole Hollywood movie inside a movie inside of a movie thing was... That meta crap. A little... It was too much. Like, Scream and Scream 2 felt real. And I, I felt like... I, it went over overboards, and Scream Four did try and fix that by uh, by going back to Woodsboro, and you know, introducing which, the next. Yeah, and you you barely even remember Scream Four, right? So eventually we'll rewatch that because I think it's 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 a fun movie as well. I like it much better than Scream Three. So one day, as soon as as we hear any snippet of Scream Five casting or or plot or synopsis. We will let you guys know. Uh, I will be reading no no plots or synopsises. You know me, spoiler free. Yeah, I've, I yeah, you're very anal about that. Extremely, yeah. <laughs> I can't. So our next segment is the coronavirus and us. Us? You mean us or us us? Us us. Oh my god! I can't think of another segment name of this. So it's... the Rona and us. So until then, it's just the Rona and us, where we talk a little bit about what we've been up to since uh, the last week we spoke with you guys, or you guys heard from us. A uh, new season of Dead to Me came at, at a perfect time uh, Friday, this past Friday. The funny thing about Dead to Me is uh, my mom originally told me about it, and she's like, you should watch this series, it's so good. So it came out <laughs> and you and I watched the first episode and I'm like, you know, I'm going to call my mom to make sure to tell her that it's on because she's going to want to want to watch it. And before I said anything, she's like, oh, I'm watching this show. Remember? And she started describing the show. I'm like, I was literally just calling you about that. She's like, I'm already six episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my mom is binging dead to me. <laughs> Which, She's binging hey, Netflix it's, shows. it's a great, uh, it's a great show. It's with Christina Aguilera and Linda Cardellini with James. Christina Aguilera is definitely not. In why? This show. Why do I always get? I guess their both last names starts with the letter A. 
I'm sorry, guys. Christina Applegate. It's Christina Applegate oh, and oh, Linda oh. Cardellini with James Marsden. Marsden, yes. Uh, I always get it confused with Marsder. Uh, From uh, Buffy. Uh, oh my god, we're also watching Angel. We Angel. picked up where we left off, which was the season or the series finale. Yeah, J. August Richards, uh, because they, I, they basically like they played Charisma Carpenter extremely dirty, uh, and you know fired her at the end of season four. And oh, I know where this is going. Season five, I just because we watched Buffy and Angel straight through. You know what I mean? And for a year, you. Also did it chronologically when yeah, Angel exactly. began. You tried to Go make back sure and forth. that you know the episodes coincide with each other. Which and then was I just awesome. I wasn't. It's 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 painful because she was the heart of that show, and they 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 fired her and they brought James Marston Marsder. I'm doing it now. James Mars <laughs> Marsters in to replace her to literally replace her. He he's now you know second credited i i couldn't get into this show and it, it it sucks um and i'm trying to watch it with different eyes and i want to finish it because there there are like a few good episodes and um a fantastic storyline towards the end of the season which i don't want to talk too much about um oh. and i and i gave you the option you know i said i can just put like maybe 10 episodes together to give you the idea because some of these episodes are hard to watch. Yeah, the third episode, which we are on right now, or just finished, the last one, yeah. um, was not my favorite. Um, but, yeah. And and one of the big reasons, like you said, to, to just say it again, I guess, um, is the reason why we watched it. Or Oh, J. August Richards uh, came out of the closet. And I, you know, it got me and- interested in his work. Um, and... You know, I watched five seasons of Angel. I never suspected anything, so I, I kind of wanted to see him in something. And I did watch the first episode of Council of Dads, and I tried to start the second episode. I will try again, but dramas, you know, no science fiction dramas are hard hard for me to get into I don't because know. it's hard to tell to, to tell new stories for dramas you know and it's a it's a story that i'm sure it has to be told and a lot of people can relate to but when it doesn't go through through the eyes it it's not it's not going to stick to a lot of audiences yeah. for me i just felt it a bit cringeworthy but there then- was yeah but so we started watching that um and I love that Harmony's back. I hate that Spike's there. It makes it, it makes no sense. I, I don't either. It does not make not one glimpse of sense that he... For now, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched it. He's just, like, incorporeal. Like, he's just wandering around. And that's, that's the whole bit is is what my mind is thinking. But whatever. And and I have nothing against James Marsters as an Absolutely actor. Absolutely not. He's, he's fantastic. And, and he from what I've, what I've seen about him... You know, personally, seems like a fantastic guy. Um, I personally could never get past uh, the the rape scene of Buffy. So I never looked at his character again, soul or no soul. I I just didn't like him. So, um, him joining Angel and getting rid of Cordelia was fucked up, in my opinion. But we're watching it. This is the second time in my life that I've, I'm sitting through this show. Yay. So it is, uh, 
as we are recording, it is currently Mother's Day uh, on this soggy, soggy, wet evening in Miami. It was snowing in New York last night. What yeah, the fuck? My, my brother sent me a video. My brother in New York sent me a video of snow. And then, Who like, knew? a few minutes later, he's like, okay, it's 60 and we're about to go have a barbecue. <laughs> and the snow's <laughs> melting. incredible. Global warming. Anyways. Or is, or is this the end of the world? Is this how it happens? Uh, so we went to go see your mom <laughs> and uh, the whole family showed up, which was freaking pretty freaking awesome. And it was nice seeing... Uh, your brother Nick and Barbara and your nephews and I wanted to say hi and hug them all. Yeah, I miss uh, you know. You know, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And it was we, the first time I've seen seen everyone like in months. You know, like that. It it um, it sucks. But I, I see my we, parents a little bit more often because uh, my dad's older and he needs a lot of medical attention. Uh, so I do go see my parents uh more often than yours but to see them all together like that was very very nice and and btw we we all like met in the lobby and we kept our social distance and, and we, we had all our, had face masks yeah so and like i didn't even hand my mom the stuff i got her i left it on the table for her so i'm mm-hmm. sure she'll wipe it down with Disinfectant and and it was hard for me because you know how I am. I like to interact and I like yeah. to talk to people. And I wanted to show like everyone pictures of us on the phones. And I'm like, I don't want to stand too close because there's people who do take it very, very seriously. Um, as as we we all should take it very as we, seriously. absolutely as we all. But uh, it was really nice, and we caught up, and we hopefully for Father's Day we can do a little bit something more more tighter. Um, we'll see what the restrictions are. We went to Aldi. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy that I got a power drill because now <laughs> I get to drill holes in the walls and put frames and stuff, comic book frames, uh, our, our family pictures and stuff. And it's going to have me uh, that. It'll give you something to do. Yeah. That, that, that. While you're, I could have put the right words together. For load. Yeah. Um, any Disney fans out there, uh, Disney Springs is planning to open on May 20th with some restrictions. If you need to know what those restrictions are, I suggest to just visit their website. But they are going to limit on their guest and parking as well as limited hours, limited restaurants, and capacity. Monday, according to when this podcast airs, so if you're listening to this listening to this on a wednesday this past monday yeah um, or monday the uh the the 10th uh yeah may 10th Er, because they could be listening to it three years from now true may 10th 2020 uh shanghai disney is set to open and within minutes the tickets were sold out they are working at a 30 percent capacity rate and also, they are doing everything they can to maintain social distancing. They're also telling uh, guests that they need to wear masks at all time and sanitizing everything from top to bottom. This will also determine how the other Disney parks will open up. Uh, Disney World and Disneyland has yet to open up, but we feel like by mid-May, uh, or June, it should open up because they do want that summer money. I still think August. 
Unfortunately. If they if they're told to work at twenty five or thirty percent capacity, they're gonna do it. They're losing money just being I read there. somewhere that that the Disney Parks in Orlando lose ten million dollars a day. I believe it. Insane. I believe I it. I mean th- believe me, Disney ain't going bankrupt anytime soon, but to lose that much money a day, they fuck, man. I the hope. average family, how much do they spend like at at a, a theme park? Average families for two thousand dollars. Uh, let's say they go for four days. I would say upwards or between four to five thousand dollars for like a week, a week's vacation. Okay, so maybe maybe seven thousand dollars. I don't know. And how much do they get per day of visit? Like thirty five hundred. Thirty-five thousand. Oh my God! Oh, a lot more than that. And, oh, yeah. and I'm I'm saying like with food and hotel and everything, not just like Disney tickets. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And and, and, and sometimes air airline tickets and, and shit merchandise like that. and stuff like that. You know, so it's it's a fucking. It's going to be more of like a wait and see trial and error, which I don't think it is okay to play with people's lives like that to just open up and be like hey let's figure it out and see what happens let's let the people of shanghai be our guinea pigs is what, uh, what it sa- looks like honestly but let them be them and we'll view from the outside there is a spanish saying that goes people who live on the outside see better for those who live on the inside uh and with that we are going to take a break because we're going to go to our neighbor's house and see what they have on the inside really and we are back uh i thought you were joking about going to the neighbor's house but we did and they have a surprising amount of cotton candy for some reason and they did not want to share i'm like corona and they're like no anyways i think they might be using as a toilet paper could be all right so we watched a movie and we decided to begin a trilogy uh with x-men and watched x-men first class uh it was released june 3rd 2011 the budget was 160 million dollars and the worldwide gross was 352 million dollars which was oh okay. no it did well it, it did, did well. well talking about budgets uh guess how much the avatar sequels are worth uh three billion one billion one billion for total all for three all? Oh, okay yeah all right so back to x-men uh the director is matthew vaughn he is the director of kick-ass and the kingsman franchise uh, the cast includes Jane McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Rose Byrne, Burn. Burn, I'm sorry, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, Zoe Kravitz, January Jones, Caleb Landry Jones, Eddie Gethegi, and Lucas Till. The synopsis is, in the 1960s, superpowered human Charles Xavier and Eric Lenscher works together to find others like them, but Eric's vengeful pursuit of an ambition mutant who ruined his life causes a schism to divide them. Schism? Schism? I think it's schism. Um, 
Okay, and BTW, like we said last week, we aren't going to be going take-by-take take for these movie reviews anymore because they run a little long and they are extremely spoiler. This might still be spoiler if you have not seen X-Men First Class. Uh, fast forward maybe 15 minutes? Yep. Uh, yeah, we should start putting that in our our, our um, descriptions. You know, to, to like 4326 go to this time to skip the to the full review but we're, we're gonna do our basic um like uh general review and questions we have and and stuff like that so would you like to start yeah uh anybody who knows me knows that i am a big 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 x-men fan uh i love marvel comics but i am a huge huge x-men nerd so when I watched this movie again the other night, I wanted to go into this movie completely blank as this is a movie verse of the story that they're trying to portray, uh, which takes place in 1962 during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And uh, basically, uh, Charles Xavier meets uh, Mystique in his kitchen because... Uh, she's running away and then they just become really good friends where they where Charles is a they're almost like siblings they grew up together yeah yeah and then they go together to Oxford University where uh, Charles Xavier is doing his paper and trying to become a professor and uh, Mystique is going through like an identity crisis because she doesn't feel herself such confidence but uh, what else sticks out to you in the beginning of the of the movie? Uh, they completely reshot the opening scene of the first X Men, which was a uh, young Magneto uh, being taken to a concentration camp uh, during the Holocaust. Yes, and his parent he's separated from his parents, and he freaks out, and he ends up bending. Bending the Gate. Which is a classic, classic shot for the, the first X-Men movie. Oh, yeah. So they had to reshoot it because, obviously, the actor from the original couldn't come back and play that same age. Because it, at that point, had been, like, ten years since the first X-Men movie. Yeah. So um, they did almost shot by shot. And the the young actor that they got did amazing. Um Basically, they had to have him for scenes, you know, with the new villain, Kevin Kevin Bacon. Yeah, because it came... It, I think the reason why they repeated that was because it wanted to take you through the story of Eric instead of uh, Charles Xavier, which they try to do in X-Men, uh, the, the first X-Men film. In fact, uh, they were going to do uh, X-Men Origin with several X-Men cast uh, after the success of Wolverine. Or not the success, but you know what I mean. Well, after after the original X-Men trilogy, they announced that they were going to do the origin movies. So each character was going to get their origin story. So it was going to first start with Wolverine Origins, and then First Class, which would have been obviously Magneto and Professor X. And then it would go on from there, but unfortunately, that's where it ended. Original story was going to be the Magneto story, uh, where uh, writer Sheldon Trevor, I want to say his name is, 
uh, wrote a script where it was X-Men meets The Pianist. Okay. Oh. So okay. it was just like Eric going through World War Two as a as a Jewish man and the whole Nazi thing going on. And on top of that, being a mutant. And it's kind of similar to the X-Men or to that Magneto comic you got me for an anniversary of his prequel where two-thirds of the movie uh, he is joined with allied forces led by Charles Xavier. And then the movie ends with them teaming up to a possible X-Men first class sequel. Oh, so there was supposed to be... So for, this was supposed originally supposed to be a, the the sequel to Magneto Origins. Yes, but then studios didn't want that, and they're like, "Hey, why don't we do the same whole you know prequel thing, but instead of the group?" I understand. Um, so this movie, um, it's it's cute because it takes place in the '60s, and some of the language is a little weird, or like it it it's the fashion was good. They the got fashion that was right. really cool, like. When James McAvoy uses the word groovy, it, it seems out of place. I know it's in another time, but it felt like Austin Powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, well, you it's London in Oxford University. So I know. Oof, who knows? Um, then, it, like, the whole point is that uh, they are trying to uh, find this guy named Shaba- Sebastian Shaw played by Kevin Bacon, who is... Who wants to start a mutant war. Yeah. Who basically wants to start a war between Russia and the United States. Third war, third world war, in order to... Correct. um, Have humans destroy themselves so mutants can rise. Correct, yeah. And then what Charles and, and Magneto's plan was just to recruit. So when they went to the government... Uh, the government didn't believe them, and then they had to show their powers. And in in this movie, again, like I said in the beginning, I wanted to go t- into this movie as fresh mind, not being so freaking biased or so nitpicking. So I'm looking at Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique performance, and I can understand in this movie why she was not blue all the time Mm -hmm. because she was hiding and she was ashamed. So I understood why in this particular film she wasn't blue. And maybe I was a bit pissed off at in the, in the past because I'm like, why is my, why she's not blue and blah, 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 blah. And then coming to terms with, with her inner beauty and she just wasn't there yet. And Magneto helped her with that. Yeah. The whole classic meme of Magneto. I want to see the real Raven. Perfection. Um, And because of that, she starts swaying into, you know, probably thinking into joining Magneto or whatnot. So the the middle of this movie, basically, they they recruit all these mutants uh, who are found through Cerebro and... There's a, a cameo by Hugh Jackman where they go to recruit him and he tells them to go fuck themselves, which I think I, I love regardless. I know I know you're not a Wolverine uh, fan or a huge Wolverine fan. Hugh Jackman playing as Wolverine fan. I, you know, he's fine, fine to me. Um, but it drags a lot. Um, there's I I I watch the deleted scenes thinking that's that we missed something because. They bring them all together in this room 
And, it's and like, they're like, why, okay, you're living together. Why are they there? Like, like why? How, when did they even meet? I don't understand. Or why did they even recruit them? Like, why are they finding them if until they got destroyed until, is when they realized, hey, let's put this this team together. Until and, they got attacked by Kevin Bacon or what's his name? Uh Sebastian Shaw, who who kills the only only black male in the in the group, and then is able to recruit the only black female to the dark side. And not which... only that, the the actor plays Darwin, which is someone who can survive anything, the and character. he didn't survive what Sebastian gave him, or like the bomb. Like it was that really was a waste weak of character. and waste of character. And I think they could have kept them. Uh, for a longer, longer time. In, so, f- in fact, in Wolverine Origin, they killed another black a- actor, which was Will I Am, who played the teleporter. Yeah, there was like we'll, really? we'll get into that. We'll, Anyways, one day we'll do the Wolverine trilogy. But I'm uh, just thinking, like, since you mentioned, like, they killed the only black actor, and the only black actors turned to the dark side. Like, it's just you know dashing along, probably. Polite was, racism, although polite racism doesn't, you know I what I mean. I didn't get it. Like it, it, it was, it was glaring when we watched it. I'm like, yeah, but what we, the fuck? We go into the montage where they're all training and learning about their powers because and... since Sebastian Shaw destroyed the the headquarters, they had nowhere to go. They don't know what to do. And then Xavier's like, "Well, I got a place." Bam, he lives in like this. Uh, amazing fucking mansion that no one he didn't told anybody um and then enters the cliche montage about all right guys clap let's huddle together we're gonna train now in order to beat this guy and then like panels are changing in the in the movies and they're sliding very 60-ish though and i i really like this movie but i this part god help me i and i'm like i because we actually, like, stopped it and to, like, go to sleep and watch it the next day. And I, you're actually like, we've seen, we've seen it before. Let's, let's just review or do a mini review. And I'm like, no, you know what? The ending's awesome and I want to watch it. And I'm you glad know? we did. And I'm I, glad we did. I love the ending. I love that, um, unless you want to talk more about the montage. No, I don't. Okay, me neither. So, <laughs> so it goes to basically the stand the standoff between uh the Russians and um and, and the US and the US off the coast of Havana, Cuba because they're trying to incorporate the Bay of Pigs. Right. And like you said, they're uh Sebastian is using that as an undertone so then so they can fuck themselves up in order for them to rise. So yeah, so the US has a line in the ocean and if the ship crosses that line, they're going to shoot them with uh basically start World War 3, shoot yeah. them with uh, atomic bombs and f everything up. So um that's averted. Sebastian was able to or no, he got the the nightcrawler guy is easel, nightcrawler type guy. Well, to... his dad. Really? Yep. I learned something new today. Uh, Nightcrawler's dad to uh, to like flash in, kill kill one of the ship people, uh, captains, and then go for that line. So the X Men are able to avert that by by shooting the the um, 
the ship, right? Or yeah. did, did the U.S. Professor Xavier went into the mind of the Soviet of the Russian yeah. soldier to throw a missile to blow up his their own ships in yeah. order to prevent that. Um, yeah, that was that was really cool. And then they couldn't find where Sebastian Shaw was because he was underwater in his little uh, submarine. submarine. Which how sixties is that? Like that's the <laughs> typical villain getaway car is like a ship with a built-in submarine, it. and then it detached, and then they they get away. Yeah. Um, and then uh, due to the help of the montage and each. Magneto shines and is able to lift the submarine, which I thought was such a fucking cool shot. It was awesome. When I saw the trailer for that and I saw that, sum- I'm like, it showed like Magneto's huge, powerful might of his power. and Which we didn't get to see a lot of in the original trilogy. Correct. Right? So, uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, uh, so they all end up, like the submarine ends up, on, was it an island or was that the coast of Cuba? It was the coast of Cuba because then comes uh, Riptide, which was played by Alex Gonzalez. Okay. Um, and he used he turned into a tornado, right. And you know pushed the airplane off course and landed off the beach and it rolled. And uh, with it, it dragged the submarine as well. Into right. the coast as well. And that's, you know, when Magneto finally confronts uh, Kevin Sebastian, Sebastian who BTW killed his mother to try, you know, when he was a kid to get him to reveal his powers. Yeah. So um, Sebastian is like trying to trying to convert Magneto to the dark side. And, you know, the war is coming. It's us versus them. And Magneto's like, you make a fantastic point, except you killed my fucking mother. So he like shoves, shoves a um, Nazi coin. This is a perfect his... mother's day uh, review. See, I knew it <laughs> because at the end he, he did it all for his, his mom. mom. That was his ulterior. But he, he, the, the interesting thing is he agreed with him. He agreed with Sebastian. Oh, absolutely. So he, he, he was... shoved the coin through his forehead and he basically took his place. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, in, in the course of the whole thing, and and I'll get into into why everything happens so fast. Uh, um, the Rose Burns character is shooting Mora. at Magneto, and he deflects one, and it and it hits uh, Xavier in, in the spine, and he's paralyzed. Which is not comic book accurate, but we can get into that. As I'm well. not going into there. And then Magneto's like, a war is coming. It's either you're on my side or blah, blah, blah. So Mystique decides to go with him. And they go off in the plane. And then, you know, a lot of BS. And that's the end. Yeah. And it was really weird because the phrase that she got mutant and proud from was at the beginning of the movie when Xavier was flirting with another grad student. And... The grad student's like, oh my god, mutant and proud. And she was mocking her. And then at the end of the movie, she tells Hank, like, don't forget, mutant and proud. I'm like, bitch, like, you just figured that out <laughs> two seconds ago. What the fuck? No. Um, okay. No, what were you going to say? That's that's where I was going. And, and you're done with the general review? It's, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, from what I understand, this was supposed to be like a standalone with the origin movies. Mm-hmm. So that's why it basically 
it could have it could have stood alone like it it and it ended where the other one picks up up basically where the the next trilogy picks up because mystique is with magneto and those were the two major points mystique goes off with magneto and um Xavier. xavier is paralyzed yeah um, which, by the way, kind of fucks up Wolverine Origins, which had already come out with Patrick Stewart showing walking. up, coming in, walking. But there's several storylines where Xavier is walking, and that, whether by help by uh, Shi'ar technology. That's the second movie. He's walking in the second movie. And that's why I, fe- I felt like they kind of retconned a bunch of the stuff in in this movie for, for Days of Future Past, which is my all-time favorite X-Men movie. Like, basically, it's like uh, when Brian Singer came back, he's like, wait, I'm not ready for Xavier to be paralyzed. Or wait, I'm not ready for the relationship between Xavier and Mystique to be completely done. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like they retconned a shitload of stuff in order to... Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll... I'm dying to rewatch uh, Days of Future Past uh, soon, so I, uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's a good movie. Uh, I thought that it set up for a sequel with Magneto uh, rescuing uh, Emma Frost, played by January Jones, which Mm -hmm. I was not impressed with that casting because Emma Frost exudes uh, sensuality and confidence and very, like, vivacious is the word that I think of. Yeah. And January Jones just gave me... Frost. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I love her. I loved her on uh, Mad Men. Last, she was Last amazing. Man on Earth. Uh, she was fantastic, but she was just very, very frosty and wooden. And I'm sorry. It, w- it was. It was. And w- I'm. And that's probably why they never brought her back. And I'm sorry, but like these X Men comic books empower women and these women like emma frost is a badass bitch to say the very least and to see her as like sebastian shaw's lapdog yeah um it was like that was definitely a mistake. and then after that i'm sorry i just punched you in the (laughs) arm and then on top of that uh zoe kravitz angel character became his lapdog and also that's... Is never to be seen again after this. This, there was, like I said, this. I felt like this could have been a standalone movie, but they were setting up sequels. But Days of Future Past is definitely not what they were setting up. No, not at all. And I think what happened was, uh, they were probably trying, or Brian Singer was trying to sweep up, uh, Matthew Vaughn's storyline. And again, I Ooh. love I love this movie. I really did. The reason why Brian Singer didn't do this movie was because he was doing Jack and the Giant Slayer with Nicholas Holt. Um, I guess that didn't that wasn't that big of a hit because I never heard of it. Nope. Uh, you wanna uh, discuss the D- new mu- movies and DVDs or yep. new movies and music coming out? Yep. Uh, why you look that up, guys? See the X Men First Class. It's a cool superhero movie. Um. We'll ask. We'll keep you with a little bit of a slight head scratch, but I would say it's a solid movie. One out of five. What do you say? Uh, Days of Future Past. And... Not not first class. Oh, I'm sorry. First class. Uh, out of five. I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four as well. So the new uh movies coming out on Blu-ray, video on demand, and DVD this week. 
Our Birds of Prey, which we reviewed, uh, Fantasy Island, which we also reviewed, The Call of the Wild, which I'm uh, I kind of want to see eventually when it comes to Netflix. It's about a man and a dog. The Photograph is out, and uh, All for Nikki is out. All for Nikki. Oh yeah. Um, Nikki Poo. Excuse me. The new music. The new music coming out. Charlie XCX has a new album called How I'm Feeling Now uh, coming out this Friday. Jason Isbell, he has a song, I gotta look it up, that I really like. Uh, I'm sure it's from another album. His new album is called Reunions. Uh, Sparks has a new album called A Steady Drip, Drip, Drip. And Tiasto has a new album called The London Sessions. Oh, exciting Very. Um, and i on to a few other music news uh alanis morissette um i think the official uh pushback for her new album all the pretty forks or such pretty forks of the road is september 18th and we just got word yesterday that her concert which was supposed to be june 18th has been pushed back to summer 2021 thank you corona uh for the first time ever on vinyl they're releasing fiona apple's second album when the pawn hits the conflicts dot 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 uh i'm super excited super stoked uh uh, you got me extraordinary machine and thank god you did because you can't find it anywhere again no? again awesome. so it's completely sold out again and i haven't looked at the idler wheel but that i think was re-released last year which which we got or i yeah. got um the oh my only complaint um is that uh fiona apple decided not to use the original cover art she updated it um to a solid yeah apparently cranberry color the what people are saying it hasn't been confirmed was that her boyfriend took the picture of that album cover and she didn't want to use it Mm. for like i'm just i'm very unimpressed with the new cover i wish that they like all all it is is her name and when the pawn and it isn't even it's the whole i wish that the like the whole cover was the whole title like it isn't even when the pond dot dot dot. It's just when the pond. It's like the whole title is ninety words or ninety or something words. Something like that. Yeah. It 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 feels like now that you mention it, like it's like a retitled. Yeah, I'm I'm um, a little. I'm honestly I'm stoked that it's coming out. I'm a little disappointed about that, but I you know Fiona Apple has uh, the right to decide what artwork goes on her albums, and I support her hundred percent. And I agree as well. You know, she's her own person, and she knows what she's doing. And 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 BTW, uh, we mentioned about when we did our review for Fetch the Volt Cutters that, um, like, what we thought could be a good single because there weren't any at the time. And I just didn't do my research. The lead single is Shamika. And, awesome. And since I heard that, you know, I like the song already. I've, I've listened to it a, a bit more, and I and you can kind of understand why it's a lead single. It's very funky, uh, very cool. Go listen to it and download it. Yeah. You want to play Six Degrees of Separation? Hell yeah, I do.
Awesome. I'm going to give you Devon Sawa and Brian Cranston. Okay. So I've had a little bit to think about that. Again, we should do this, say this at the beginning of the episode. That's right. So our listeners can try and figure it out as well. So Devon Sawa, I thought I always thought it was Devin Sawa. He was in, did I lose it? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm brain fart. Okay, he was in, of course, Final Destination with Ali Larder. Um, Ali Larder was in Heroes, uh, where her husband. Oh, there's there's an interesting story about uh, Ali Larder and her husband, the actor that played her husband. We'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, was played le- by Leonard Roberts, who. Uh, was a major recurring character on Buffy. I believe... Uh, I think he was the, the first major recurring African-American on on Buffy. African-American character. I, I, don't, I don't think I would call Trick major because he only appeared in four episodes. Mm. Um, but whatever. He was on Buffy with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar was in Scream 2. Uh, with Tori Spelling and Tori Spelling was uh, in Scary Movie with Chris Masterson Chris Masterson of course was uh, on Malcolm in the Middle with Brian Cranston that was pretty badass and our fact of the week is that there are other cities around the world that have nicknames inspired by Hollywood Bollywood is India's Hindi language version of Hollywood Canada's film and television industry is referred as Hollywood North and Chinawood is the name of China's largest film studio. And that's the fact of the week. And you can do whatever you want with it because it's not mine. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> and it has just begun to rain here. Holy crap. This the evening. sky just opened up. Guys, thank can you, you so it? much for listening and continuing to tuning in to Press Play with Augie and Riz. We love making these podcast for you so we can keep you informed and share our stories with you and keep our minds going while we are stuck inside yes please 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 don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are being listened to and follow us on instagram at press play ar that's press play ar <laughs> on instagram this has been another fantastic episode of press play with augie and riz i'm augie hey i'm riz thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening.